Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Yep, and I understand she's ready, John. She's yeah, actually in the show. We got I'm her. Introduce her. Yeah, we got her. We got uh, Melissa DeRosa. Sorry about that, guys. How you doing? No yes. problem. We're all running late. This is one of these days, Melissa. <laughs> so, we got, Melissa, here. we've got the governor's budget. We got the two one house budgets. What happens now? Well, first, Mr. Chairman, let me congratulate you on being renamed chairman. Uh, thank you. That's very exciting thing for the Republicans in the state. Um, that bad thing for my party. Um, what happens now? So we have the governor and the legislature have now put in sort of their priorities. I mean, look, for better, or for worse, uh, for your listeners, the one house budgets that the legislature puts in are sort of more of like a statement of principle. It's this is what I wish would happen in a perfect world. But, you know, everyone would like to buy nice cars and expensive things, but you have to live on a budget. Right. So when you say you're going to spend nine billion dollars more than what the governor put in her budget, you're going to end up much closer to the governor's budget than your own. But now they sort of stake out their territory. They dig in their heels and we see where it goes from there. So, you know, the $10,000 question is what happens on bail? What happens on her housing um, proposal? She put out a housing proposal, very controversial with a lot of mandates, particularly in the suburbs that they reacted negatively to the MTA payroll tax, which I would argue, even if she wins, she loses because it's very unpopular and it will drive the suburbs even further red and the charter schools. And I think those are sort of her top four priorities. If you want to list a fifth, I would say it's banning menthol cigarettes, which also looks like it's gone sideways. So, you know, now we start keeping score as to who gets what. And I think at the end of the day, she will get something on a couple of these issues. But the question is going to be, what does she get and is it enough? And I think based on what's happened so far, we know where this is going to end up. You're being very generous saying that the one house budgets are based on principle, but it's a, <laughs> I guess based on politics. There, there we go. <laughs> I hate to, Melissa, it's Richard Weinberg. I hate to say that the legislature's gotten something right because most of the time they get it wrong, but they're right about the payroll tax. They're right about trying to stop this uh, government, state government takeover of, of local zoning. They're right on those issues to stop, to stop that. Where Hochul is right is she's right on charter schools, but then she has a political problem because of the union. That's right. I mean, look, the, the teachers union would, you know, would lay down on train tracks before they would allow that to happen. And they are the number one donors of the legislative members individually. They pump a tremendous amount of money into elections and they've been beholden to them for years and years and years. And so, you know, it's unfortunate because particularly with Democrats, it's sort of nonsensical when you talk about caring about minority children, underprivileged um, children, vulnerable children. Charter schools really allow them an opportunity to get ahead in the way that more affluent kids have the opportunity to go to private school. And so it's never made sense to me, except it is exactly what it looks like, which is it's the politics of the teachers union sort of winning out. So I think you're right on the charter schools. I think the affordable housing plan 
I think that it's 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 the right goal to say you want more affordable housing. I think the way she went about it, particularly without getting local buy-in before making the proposal, without hearing from the stakeholders, seeing what they could accept, seeing what is is something we should reach for and work together on and just sort of announcing it like an imposition is where she went wrong, which is sort of what you saw with Judge LaSalle, right? It's no strategy, no political wherewithal, no how I'm going to get from A to B. I'm just going to put it out there and then sort of watch it collapse on itself. So, Melissa, um, where, then, do you, where do you think it's going to end up on the housing? Because that's a huge issue. Look, I think that it's going to end up much closer to where the legislature is than where she is. I think at the end of the day, they'll put some incentives out there for the for the real estate guys and for the and for the trade unions, the building unions to incentivize some local housing being built. But I don't see that they're going to get the mandate that she laid out, which was always very ambitious and which she she never had a plan to achieve, which, again, it's really easy to go out and say, you know, I want to do everything for everyone. The question is, how do you get there? How do you pay for it? How do you bring the political will along? And that's where time and again, she falls down on the job. Melissa, and so I just don't see her, her proposal coming to fruition. Yep. I want to, I want to focus on something else that's very troubling. And we all know, if we listen to the show, that 484,000 people have fled the state and uh, cost us uh, productive citizens. Now we see the Attorney General of the state of New York going after businesses by using a price gouging statute and looking to have more comprehensive regulations to make it impossible on an economic sense to stay in business. She's going to be driving retail prices up, consumer choice down, and she's going to cost us a lot of business, which is jobs and services and taxes. What say you? You know, look, Tish James, the attorney general, is as political as they come. And so, you know, we talked about, you joked before, and you said I was giving the legislature credit by saying it was principle-driven, it was politically driven, and I think you're right about that. I think with Tish James, it's all politics all the time. So the question is, who does it benefit? If what she's doing benefits some special interest, benefits someone on the far left, you know, you just have to draw the straight line. But to your point, if that is the effect of what she's doing, then she shouldn't be in office for much longer. Because this state, in in a post-COVID world, where people can work from anywhere, where people have realized they can work from anywhere, where crime is up, where taxes are up, where it's impossibly unaffordable to operate. If you're going to continue to layer on additional regulations and additional levies and charges and continue to drive people out, then you're just going to be talking to yourself at the end of the day, and we've got to get rid of politicians well, like that. They're, they're raising, too long. they want to raise all the taxes. We already chased out 484,000 people that are middle class and above that are paying the, that are paying for the, the, the budget that's higher than ever. And now they want to chase out the businesses. Give me a break. You know, one of her deputy attorney generals, I understand, is saying that, well, if there's $100 oil, guess what? You shouldn't raise the prices at the gas station. I mean, this is a little bit little. They they don't understand anything about the economic markets. That's right. They they don't don't understand economics 101. No, and it's easy to say those things when you don't live in the real world, you know, and, and, and the unfortunate thing is that when, when you do things like that, it ends up being passed on to the consumer and it ends up being a more regressive tax than anything else. Because who does it hurt when you have to raise oil prices at the pump? It helps the person that lives on the fixed income. Or the and that's what order. happened with President Biden when, the, when oil went to 
from $55 a barrel to $110 a barrel. It hurt the poor people of our country, and it hurt the middle class of our country. Well, you know, then she should be put on notice, and I hope that the people who this affects get the message loud and clear and they push back on it because we can't take any more to make the state less competitive than we already are. Yeah, exactly. That's what the judge was just saying. I mean, we're driving people out. Is there anything else? I what? Love, look, yeah. we all love New York. We want New York to survive. That's why you need a two-party system in, in Albany. Otherwise, no one's making noise and saying, hey, you're making a mistake and saying it in a way that it can stick. Yeah, it's democracy. It's yeah, called democracy. democracy. Melissa DeRosa, we, we, uh, we have to go on. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a great weekend, and I'll catch up to you. I'll catch up, up with you. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Thank Melissa. You.